K-I-R-P Radio! Your host, 
Pudgy Miller, man, at NC Pudgy, that's me. You guys know how I rock, man. You guys know how I get down and what I do. Thanks, everybody, for coming on the radio show and listening to what we offer, man. And uh, what we try to offer is nothing but the truth. Uh, on the top, let me let me, uh, let me me get the date out of here since a lot of people uh, complain that I don't get the date out and they don't know when they're listening. But uh, a beautiful Sunday, October the 5th of 2014. Uh, your time is now 8.04. It should be 8.04 p.m. I'm a minute late, 8.05 p.m. And, uh, you know, this is where we always rock, man. This is where we always turn on the show. This is where we always get busy and where we always try to offer at least a different perspective uh, to some of the topics that are going on in this nation. Definitely a different perspective to some of the politics that you hear. And, uh, you know, this, just a different perspective of life. So that's what we try to offer on this show. For all the people who are just listening to this show and who are new to this show, you guys are definitely B-I-G in my book, B-I-G-I-M-B, hashtag B-I-G-I-M-B. You guys know what it is. Look for it on Twitter. Uh, for all my Twitter followers out there and all my Twitter listeners and folks who aren't following me, check us out at symbol K-I-R-P radio show, at symbol N-C Pudgy is my personal. And, uh, you know, hit us up on there. Let us know what you think. You know, send us a shout out. Maybe send a shout out to somebody you love. Even a shout out to somebody you don't like. Don't matter to me. Just shout it out, and we'll definitely try to get that here on the show. Uh, we got a lot of people that listen via Facebook. Even if you guys aren't making any comments, I still appreciate uh, the time that you take out of your life to uh, listen to what we offer on this show and uh, maybe discuss it in your own forum. So shout out to you guys for that. I really appreciate the love that you show on there. The ratings have been consistent. They had dropped for a minute, um, but I think when when you do when you have a radio show or you have a television show or any form of uh entertainment if you will and I don't consider this entertainment I just consider this a a platform uh so I I guess I could even include platforms when you have a platform of or or anything of entertainment of sorts uh you know you you peak uh when you first begin you you peak because you're new when people want to know you know what's going on and what what do you offer and what are you talking about and what are you doing? You know, so you know, you peak and, and a lot of newcomers, they come and they listen. And what happens is, especially in this kind of talk radio, people come through and maybe they agree with me on a certain fundamental topic. You know, a certain fundamental topic Maybe you'll say, okay, yeah, I agree with P on that. I, I like this guy. Uh, but what happens is you come on this show, or maybe you've heard me uh, other places, and it's not exactly what you thought it was. I just got to be frank. And I, and I realize that. I know that. And I accept that. Um, a lot of people have, you know, I've done a lot of speeches at tea, party, uh, at tea parties. I've done a lot of speeches at rallies. Uh, I've been to many uh, 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 black events, if you will. Uh, I, you know, we run an organization called, we have a movement, excuse me, uh, that's backed by an organization called I Love uh, L- the Loving Father Society. But this movement that we have is called I Love Being a Black Father. And uh, a lot of people hear me or have seen me and my brother Rashad Woods, shout out to you. They've seen us talk in those forums and, and at those events and, and and around in various places, and they agree with what we have to say 
when it comes to that topic, or they agree with what we have to say when it comes to when it comes to those issues. Uh, but they come on here, and uh, KRP uh, is keeping it real with Pudgy, and and it's named that because you know I just want people to come on the show and keep it real with me the same way that I'm keeping it real with them. And that's what this show is about. It's not about what makes it, what makes you happy. It's not about what satisfies your uh, political craving. It's not about what what you need to inspire yourself. Even though I, I I try my best to inspire people, I try my best to invoke thought, and I, and I definitely try my best best to uh, to have people enthusiastic when they leave this show about something, uh, uh, if if anything about life in general. So. You know, even if things aren't going going perfect in my court, even if things aren't perfect in, in, in my stance, even if I don't walk a perfect life, uh, you know, or even an enthusiastic life. But most people, when, when people text me or tweet me or call me, I definitely, the first thing that I have to say is something positive. And, and I try to paint my life and live my life as such. But, you know, even if I don't live my life the way that you think I should live my life according to the things that I say, this show is representative of how I feel about issues and how I how I know that my life should be lived, how I feel like it's right for you to live your life and, and, and things of that nature. So a lot of the times people come on and they listen to the show and it's not what they thought it was. You know, I, I don't talk about the things that they think I should talk about all the time. And some of the things that I share, uh, they don't agree with it. But you know what? It's called keeping it real with Pudgy. And, and see, the beauty of that is in life, everything is not, everything doesn't go according to plan. Like in life, things aren't always peaches and cream. Like people aren't going to always agree with you. Even even people who you sit by every day, people you live with in your house, people you sleep with, uh, you know, your lover, your husband, your wife, whatever, your mom, your dad, people don't always agree about things that are commonly talked about. And that's the beauty of this show because it's representative it's representative of reality. You know, you're not going to always get what you want to get. So, shout out to everybody who's been sticking it with me, man. We 4 years deep, uh maybe 5 years deep in this thing. Yeah, 5 years deep in this thing this October. Actually, uh we're right on the anniversary of 3 days will be the 4-year anniversary of uh, KRP, KRP Radio, so, you know, the fifth anniversary, man, I can't even get it right, so shout out to everybody out there who've been rocking with me that long, man, and I appreciate the love that you guys show. Anyway, moving along, we got a couple topics, man, that we got to talk about uh, <laughs> this evening, and I've invited uh, a couple people to come on and talk with me and uh, and, and, and share their opinions on some of this headline news. You know, there's Ebola, man. Let me let me just put it out there. Ebola is uh, has made the news cycle. Ebola has has made the uh, 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 trending topics. Ebola is one of the number one topics that are talked about on social media and on uh, 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 televised news. Uh, period across the nation. Ebola, top five trending topic, and. Ah, I mean, there's, there's, man, it, it, this is almost unbelievable. It's almost unbelievable because I say it's unbelievable because you talk about something like 
Ebola, which is a flesh-eating, man-eating disease. I mean, this is something that is something that has no cure. Like we're not talking about, and, and I hear a lot of people out there compare it to, you know, HIV and AIDS, and I've heard people even compare it to to cancer. Shout So it's amazing what has happened, and it's amazing that this is factual information. You know, there has been one case of Ebola that has been linked to at least one individual in America. Let's just face it. This is reality. This is not a made-up news cycle. This is not a spin cycle. This is absolutely 100% uh, true and valid information. Uh, Are we back on the live feed? Shout out to... Uh, everybody out there who are just joining the KRP radio show, uh, we're just live on the East Coast. Shout out to my East Coast listeners, man. Everybody at home, everybody NC. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to everybody out there who have joined us at, uh, from the top of the show. And, uh, you know, we got a few topics that are going on tonight, talking about uh, the top the top trending stories uh, of all news cycles that Ebola uh, has been one of the trending topics. Also talking about uh, a few stories that have made it on the uh, KRP radio show page on Facebook uh, when we were posting our topics and things that we were talking about. Uh, parents, uh, we simply asked the question, you know, how do you feel about uh, a man raising his daughter actually taking a bath uh, with his child in, in the tub naked? Uh you know, that that's one thing that, that we're talking about here on the show. We're also talking about the outbreak of Ebola, as I just stated before. And we're also talking about mileage taxes, uh, which is something that is, 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 is absolutely ludicrous to me. You know, it, it's amazing that uh, the government comes up with another way uh, to tax the people of America, another way to keep tabs on the people of America. And it's just amazing that anyone out there Still, uh, uh, I'm listen. I'm not saying being anti-government, right? I'm not saying be the anti-government guy. I'm not saying be uh, the person that hates uh, America, the person that hates the president, that <coughs> that hates everything. Excuse me, that hates everything about the government in general. I'm simply saying this: How can you say an entity like the American government loves its people when they continue to do things? that infringe upon our, not only our constitutional rights, but that they continue to do things that get in our pocket, things that don't even make sense. I mean, you're talking about a mileage tax, uh, which California has already, uh, they've implemented on a trial basis. And if you guys know anything about policy, you also know that North Carolina uh, is, is one of the states that loves to follow California. Uh, North Carolina is one of the states that love to follow uh, the legislative actions of the state of California, uh, and they seem to always change it in 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 a number of ways that you know that only uh, would affect North Carolinians. Uh, talking about a mileage tax, that's something that we're facing. Uh, I, I think it's an inevitable in North Carolina. I think it's something that we're going to have to pay for. I also think it's going to hinder people. It's going to force people. Uh, outside of driving their vehicles, it's going to force folks out of their vehicles. It's going to force people to give up their vehicles because, because let's face it, with the job uh, crisis being the way that it is, 
and, and, and I know there's a lot of people out there who say, you know, well, you know, the job market, Obama's supplying jobs and, you know, we have jobs and, 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 and the jobless rate is not what it used to be. And people are working. Listen, I, shout out to Pat McCroy, shout out to President Obama and anyone else you want to give credit for uh, the job statistics. OK, uh, uh, or, or, or the unemployment statistics or for the decreasing of the uh, or the reduction of the unemployment uh, situation here in North Carolina and across the nation. You know, you can give love to anybody you want to in the world and you can say that they've done what they've done to make this thing happen. But in reality, when you walk around here in the state and when you talk to people and even around this country, not only North Carolina, but when you walk around and you talk to people about what's going on in their neighborhoods or what's going on on their jobs, you know, or, or, or what's going on in their lives. You'll find that a lot of people aren't looking for work anymore because they just gave up. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who are, who are quote unquote hustling. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm not always talking about an illegal hustle, but I, I think the economy crisis has forced people to dig deep and look within and try to figure out a new way, try to figure out another way, try to do things different. And uh, I think that's what we're seeing. I've never seen so many entrepreneurs in my life. I've never seen so many people who whom have never uh, uh, been an independent business owner before jump in the arena of entrepreneurship. I've never seen it before. And, you know, the funny thing is, well, the the beautiful thing is, uh, to me, is that a lot of people whom have never done it before are succeeding. Like a lot of people are winning. You know, shout out to everybody out there. Shout out to all the IBOs out there and, and, and you know, all the entrepreneurs out there who have taken on a new feat, man, a new challenge. You know, a, a lot of people are winning. I, I can't say anything negative about that. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about America. You know, a friend of mine asked me, he said, you know, with all these places, he, he travels uh, internationally a bit. And, you know, we were talking about some of his travel, and he had just, he had just returned from Ibiza. And he said, man, with, with all the beautiful places that I've been and all the beautiful places that I've seen, you know, he asked me my opinion. I, I guess he had his own opinion of it. But he said, why do people still want to flee to America? You know, I think... I said a few choice words, but as, as I sit here right now and think about all the things that we're going through and all the challenges that we have and, and, and all the, all the uh, what I call unconstitutional tax laws and burdens that we share, you know, I almost wonder the same thing. I mean, I understand the beauty of America. I understand the freedom of America and this freedom that we have that other countries don't share you know, the, the simplicity of the freedom to roam. And, and, and when I say roam, I mean just the freedom to go. I mean, you and I, we could all jump in a car or jump on some sort of uh, method of transportation, <clears throat> excuse me, and just flee and just go. You know, we could just take off and, and, and go to another state without a thought in the mind. As long as we have a little bit of gas money and and, 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 and a vehicle of some sort, we can just go to another state and, and sleep in the car or sleep on a park bench or, or just go and exist. And this is the only country that I know 
that I'm aware of where you can just go freely, live freely without any uh, um, military or any sort of restraints on entering another state. Uh, for other countries, you know, they're divided a little bit different uh, the way that America, accord, compared to the way that America is divided. If you look at, you know, the 48 states, the 48 connecting states, you know, this America would be uh, a, a large country uh, in the combination of 48 states to some other places, or I'm sorry, not a large country, but a collection of countries as compared to some other uh, continents and some other countries out there across the world. And that's just the beauty of America. That's the beauty of the freedom that we have. That's the beauty of the freedom that we share is we can just exist. We can just go. But you can't help but to pay attention to all the nonsense that our government is doing to infringe upon that freedom that we have, that freedom that has been fought for, that freedom that we share. And when you start talking about something like a mileage tax, which may not seem so big to a lot of people, which may not seem like anything major or a big deal to a lot of individuals out there. I don't believe that people understand what they're facing. I don't think people understand what, what, what's happening in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things, this mileage tax is simply something that will restrain you, whether you believe it or not. I mean, you, you got to think about the whole ideal of it. A mileage tax is something that the state government will impose on any individual in any state that says you cannot drive more than X amount of miles per year. And if you do, we're going to tax you on those additional miles that you drive. Now, some may see that as being fair. I don't. I don't know how in the hell you see it as being fair, but some people may see it as being fair. And you would definitely have to be overly liberal-minded to find that this something this ridiculous is being fair. Uh, we already pay for the highways. We already pay for bridges. We already pay for tolls, and and that's a rip-off alone. That's a whole other story. You know, we already pay for those things. So why in the world? Would anybody see it being fit or fair or constitutional that the American people would pay an additional tax via mileage on a vehicle that they're already taxed on that they own? Think about that. I, I mean, I, I don't understand how anybody, anyone can see that as being fair. And these are the things that are going on behind the scenes, folks. These are the things that are being... Uh, 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 offered up or legislated that the majority of the population aren't paying attention to. You know, these are the conversations that people don't have. These are the things that are, are unpopular. These things aren't trending topics. You know, these are the things that people just simply don't know about. So when it comes times to vote for your favorite politician or or or, or your candidate of choice, according to your political party, which is, isn't always the person that you should vote for. You don't know where your, 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 uh, uh, you don't know where your representatives stand on this. You don't, you don't know where those individuals who are running for these offices stand on these issues. And these are the things that we must ask them if we're going to vote for these individuals. These are the things that we got to 
talk to each other about and get well vetted in so we'll know the ins and the outs of things like this that are going to affect not only our constitutional rights, but only going to affect our pocketbooks, that are going to affect our wallets. Going to a caller, oh, this is uh, this is someone I've been expecting to come on the show, and uh, let me just bring on right now. I'm going to bring someone that is near and dear uh, to me, someone who is is out there fighting on the front lines, someone out there who's getting busy, you know what I mean, out there in Connecticut that's holding it down, and, uh, you know, someone who is uh, uh, well uh, read or well vetted on some of these uh, topics that we talk about that most Americans don't even know about. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Regina V. Ross Roundtree. Regina, how are you? I am Fine, Pudgy. Thank you for having me on tonight. I appreciate it. Absolutely uh, uh, thrilled to have you on the show uh, for only, if, if for no other reason, uh, to talk about the event that you have uh, coming up real soon that I understand is going to be a, a blockbuster event out there in Connecticut. It sure enough is. Um, we're having it this Saturday on uh, October 11th in Hartford. And it's really interesting. I've been getting, you know, all sorts of feedback from it. Our topic is um, today's civil rights issues, and we're actually going to talk about um, crime, guns, and race, right? Something mm. that I know, huh? <laughs> we could stop there all oh, yeah. day and form before Ferguson happened. And um, what's interesting and, and the way I've been talking to people about it and our group has been sharing the information is that we're having this conversation in the urban community first of all. We are obviously right of center and all of my speakers are African American. They are conservative. <laughs> um, all of them are men except for Sonny. And right. we are having it in Connecticut which is where Sandy Hook happened, right? And then uh -huh. our Democratic um, administration, who hopefully will be replaced by our Republican gubernatorial candidate on November 4th, they passed one of the strictest gun laws in the nation based on their wow. knee-jerk reaction to Sandy Hook, which violated Second Amendment rights. And so we don't often have the conversation in the urban community about Second Amendment rights, right, and about your right to bear arms. It's always gun violence and gun control, but never this kind of educational conversation um, about what really are your options and what's really being taken away from you. Wow. Sandy Hook is uh, has been uh, on the radar of a lot of, Second Amendment folks out here in North Carolina as well. And uh, I remember reading, you know what, actually just last week I read an article um, where people were talking about, you know, what happened in Sandy Hook and what's what's reality and what's not. Regina, let, let me ask you, because I, I would love to put this to bed here. Uh, there's a lot of people who speculate and who have said that the Sandy Hook uh, travesty is uh, a false story that it never existed, that it never happened. Can you can you put that to bed for all those individuals tonight? I live in the state. It definitely, definitely did happen. 
um, there are, I can say that I do not personally know any of the families and their victims, but I have friends who are friends with the families and the victims. And I um, do know people who are first responders on the scene. And so it, it happened. It's real. Um, it is real. The sorrow was real. The the healing is real. The The death and the loss, all of that is real. I don't understand for the life of me, and, and, and thank you for that, too. My heart goes out to all those families, and my prayers and condolences goes out to all those families and, and any individual that surrounded that event. Uh, you know, it, it seems... I don't know what gets into people. I mean, I, I, I love a good conspiracy theory, okay? I, I love to, to debunk a lot of them. I, I love to talk about them and talk it through and, and, and make sense of it all. Uh, but this is one that I, I, I stayed away from, and I, and I stayed away from it because of this. When you go through something so horrible, and, and I, I can't even find the words to uh to attribute to this event regina it is it, so bad it's 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 so evil right I, I can't even put the words to it to make sense for me so when it comes to something like this like the sandy hook travesty you know or tragedy excuse me i, I try to stay away from that because there's so much pain uh that people are still experiencing from an event such as this i mean you talk about elementary school children you know, right. most folks don't even want to look at or, or, or think about uh, losing their child at all at any age. But to lose your, 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 your child, you know, your babies because of some maniac, you know, who, who believes God knows what. And then to have individuals out there say, oh, that never happened. It never existed. You know, I can't even imagine the, the pain, the additional pain that those type, those type of comments, you know, would cause those individuals and people in your community. I can't even imagine it, Regina. But you know, I can understand you not imagine it, but we have to understand because it's keeping it real, right? That mm-hmm. our country has a history of this, don't we? We talk about oh, what yeah. happened to Native American Indians. When we talk about the school books now that are trying to put slavery as internships, right? Um, really, slavery as internships in school books. Um, when we um, talk about racism, um, and so I'm not surprised. I'm sure there are many Jewish people who have dealt with, you know, people trying to say that the Holocaust wasn't real. I know that's another country, oh, yeah. but I so it it is not it's not something, I mean, I'm sure people would say 9-11 didn't happen if it wasn't for the fact that there weren't physical buildings that, you know, weren't, like, really collapsed and there's, like, vacant space there. Um, So yeah. we've got cuckoo for coconuts in our country, and um, we can't be surprised by that, cannot absolutely be surprised, but we can't be either, it, it, we shouldn't be in a place where we're scared to talk about it, right, because that. Um, pain and tragedy that happened in Sandy Hook still has to be talked about in the whole frame of reference of, you know, what happens in poor and impoverished communities on a regular basis. You know, it may not have been 26 people on one day, 
but there are cities that have had, you know, 40 and 50 people killed in a year. And so the, the, the pain and tragedy and theirs does not end. You know, I, I am sure that, and I cannot even possibly, as you said, understand the immense loss that that community has faced. Um, and I'm sure that they hope it will never happen again. And they're rebuilding their schools and they're rebuilding their communities. But for those communities where the death does not stop, you know, what do we do for that? Six one nine six three eight eight five five nine. Talking to Regina Roundtree, who is Regina? What's your uh, official title? I, I like to get folks' titles correct when I'm talking to people and talking about them. Oh, fuck! I have too many titles. How about that? <laughs> I'm like the HNIC, maybe. But um, I no, no. <laughs> so uh, maybe. Um, so I am the founder of Connecticut Black Republicans and Conservatives. It is um, a political action committee in Connecticut. Um, and I also recently started a chapter of the Frederick Douglass Foundation. Nice. And I am also the chair of the Urban Affairs Coalition for my Connecticut Republican Party. Not my, but the Connecticut Republican Party. I'm their chair of their Urban Affairs Coalition. So, and I work I on that. some campaigns. <laughs> I work on some campaigns. I work on the um, campaign for our gubernatorial governor, Tom Foley. Well, candidate, soon to be governor, Tom Foley. Tom Foley. Tom Foley. Oh man, Tom Foley. Tom Foley has uh, he's doing his thing out there. I hear. I don't know much about the gentleman, but I've heard some things uh, through the grapevine. I will say, it's looking like this man is going to pull it off. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, he is. So, all right, Regina, let me just get down to it, right? We're talking about this Mm -hmm. event as well, but I got a couple of things, uh, if you have the time, that I would love to share with you. Uh, A couple of topics that we're talking about tonight on KRP, and uh, there's a few things that has hit the news cycle. Uh, We were talking about Ebola on the top of the show in the first hour, which you guys uh, West Coast listeners, they definitely heard it on a uh, 7 p.m. East Coast hour, but we were talking about Ebola, and there's a lot of people out there who believe that this Ebola news cycle is just something that has arisen uh, to take the eyes, take the ears and the eyes and the attention off what's going on politically. Uh, what's your thoughts on this Ebola scare and the actual individual that was found to have Ebola uh, out there in Texas? You know, um, the Ebola, it's come up in the last two weeks, and those anybody who has thrown a huge statewide event understands that, like, the two weeks lead, three weeks leading up to it, you don't even watch, like, I haven't watched TV in I don't know whatever, right? Uh, so I apologize <laughs> that I cannot give you the, you know, like I've been following this story because my head has just been in putting together this event and working with the speakers and all publicity. But, um, you know, as far as cities done to take our eyes off of the politics that are going on, there's not much politics going on that I, I feel, right? So even before it happens, <laughs> um, 
I, there wasn't much happening over there in D.C. anyway. So taking our eyes off of it, I don't know where that would come from. And, you know, I even noticed that the whole thing with the borders started to die down as well. And then ISIS started to come up. So it's always something. Um, right. It doesn't seem like we ever have a moment of just, nothing going on and then Hong Kong is going through you know so I think what has happened with um, the internet and media and social media is that um, it will probably constantly be like this for the rest of our life and in probably even in greater degrees because news is just it doesn't sleep anymore it's just there and everybody's a reporter Mm -hmm. everybody you know is a movie producer you know, thanks to YouTube and Vimeo. And and so um, I don't know that media is necessarily responsible for trying to take our eyes off of I just think this is the world we live in now, and everything is news. Do you think that uh, for, for a virus such as Ebola, something something that serious, uh, Liberia, you know, fighting there, and, and you know, they have uh, actual outbreak, there have been reports that shown that the government has sent uh, troops to uh, fight Ebola, if you will. And there was detail about what they were doing, but I know that we had some soldiers from Fort Bragg over here in North Carolina. Now, and uh, I think there will be some 5,000, and that number may be wrong, but some 5,000 soldiers throughout the country uh, sent to Liberia to help sustain uh, Ebola in Liberia. So, I, you know, with with so much going on, I can't help but to wonder, you know, should we increase uh, border screenings or, or there's, you think we should lock down the borders with an outbreak such as Ebola uh, of flights that would come from the areas of outbreak? You know, is that something that we should be taking action on, in your opinion? Well... So locking down our borders and then screening better on flights, I think, are two different things. Um, and so who has the responsibility for screening who comes in and out of this country? And um, I think if we're going to be fair, everybody that comes into the United States from international should have some kind of screening, and we would expect that those countries are those airlines or airports that, you know, are going to have international flights have some kind of protocol for how they check for this. Um, But then, you know, once you get into the United States, it's kind of like everybody's like, well, I have my right to privacy. And, um, And then at what level do we stop them from, saying, well, we're going to screen you for this, and next thing we know, you're checking my credit, you're checking how many times I've been. You know, so there's this kind of, I, I think there's, there's this kind of line. And so I think the, the responsibility <laughs> needs to be put on the airports and the airlines. You know, they need to have the protocols before people before they come into and land in our country. I think that's fair. I think we can ask for that. Um and I think we should have some way of verifying that with other countries. But, you know, then people say, well, we shouldn't put leave our protection in the hands of other people, right? We should take responsibility for our own protection. And 
So mm-hmm. I think temporarily until um, it is under control, uh, should we ban or be more restrictive? Definitely. But we have a country who doesn't even do that in our own border. So who can't just land right. in, you know, Mexico and walk across? Um, so it it almost seems ridiculous to me. I mean, I know it's important, but, like, really, if we have this wide open border from Mexico, you know, who are we to try to say, oh, well, we're, we're protecting our people? You Like, you don't protect us now. <laughs> so, you know, to say, okay, government, we want you to do a good job with this Ebola and, um, you know, you're not even – doing that at the borders and when you think about and I, I you know I I agree Ebola is a very serious a serious disease infection but when you think about the viruses and the infections that are coming um, with the people that are crossing the border and being quarantined right now and then being released into communities with um, tolerances to things that our systems may not have seen or been used to, and so how, you know, it becomes, it becomes, like if you ha- if we had had a better plan from the get go, right, then we could address yeah. these things much differently, you know, and it wouldn't have to come across as if we're ha- we're showing ourselves with a lack of compassion, um, but this is where we are right now, and someone has to make the hard calls. So, make the hard calls, you know find a way to deal with the border situation, but then if it means restriction on incoming flights, then we have to do that. But we also know where there's a will, there's a way. So you can fly to another country, get off in that country, get on another plane and get here, you know, a country that has less. You know, so if they want to get here, like they're going to get here. Um, And so we we have to have um, a body of leadership that – is planning, and I'm I'm not sure they're doing that. Talking about you, Obama, old drama. Anyway, uh, 619-638-8559. Regina, those are some good answers right now. Yeah, she didn't prepare for this, folks. She didn't know what in the hell I was going to talk about. Tonight. Uh, that's right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so I got nervous for a second. I'm like, oh, no, you're going to ask me some foreign policy question, and I'm just going to embarrass you. No, no, it's all good. I don't... I don't See, I, 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 tr- I pride myself in not preparing my guest on. That's why I always have the best guest on, and you're definitely one of the best. 619-638-8559. You're rocking with the KRP Radio Show. I'm on the air with Regina V. Roundtree, founder of the CT, Black Republicans and Conservatives, which is the CBRAC, and president of the new chapter of the Frederick Douglass Foundation in Connecticut, the CTFDF, uh, announced on 10-1, I think it was October 1st, uh, Ken Blackwell, a member of the Board of Directors of the National Rifle Association, Professor, <laughs> Professor excuse me, Nicholas Johnson, author of Negroes and the Gun, along with Garland Hunt, Dean Nelson, our very own Sonny Johnson, what's up, sis? And my main man, Wayne Dupree, will be panelists at the Public Forum in Hartford at the Mark Twain Museum on October 11th from 9 a.m. through 12 a.m., Again, that's at the Mark Twain Museum in Hartford, Connecticut. It's about time we had that talk, folks. Crime, gun, and race. A public discussion with the NRA board member, Ken Blackwell, Professor Professor Nicholas Johnson, author of Negroes and the Gun, 
Garland Hunt, governor appointee to the Georgia State Pardon and Parolees, and many other speakers will be there. We hope that you guys will be in the place, showing some love, voicing your opinion, and just be there for moral support if you can't do anything else. This event, folks, will be one of the best events that Connecticut has ever seen in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So you guys make sure that you're there. For more information, make sure you log on to www.ctfdf.org backslash speakers. Again, that's www.ctfdf.org slash S-P-E-A-K-E-R-S. Or you can just contact Regina on Facebook and Twitter and all those other things. Regina, what's your Twitter handle? I know you know it. It's at um, Hartford Rep Rising, which is at H-T-F-D-R-E-P-R-I-S-I-N-G. But I'm sure if you look up Regina Roundtree, it'll come up. So there it is. Regina, let me let me ask you this, too. What uh, – and shout-out to our sponsors, WM3G. Uh, shout-out to ParrotIsles.com. Also, shout-out to many other folks out there. I can't remember you all right now. My apologies. I'll get them back on the replay. I promise you guys will be in there. So if you're listening live, you're not going to hear it now, but we will put it in later. Uh, Regina, what do you hope to gain uh, from this event you're having? Um, the first thing – is we just have to find like-minded individuals, and that's kind of hard um, in a predominantly blue state. Um, Even though Connecticut has had Republican governors, we've always had a supermajority of Democrats in the legislative body. Uh, So even if we wanted to get more conservative or common-sense principles passed, we couldn't um, because the the legislature was uh, majority super. That is majority, super majority Democrat. Um, and so this event is, I use the analogy of sending up a flare gun, saying, listen, we're over here. There are there are black Republicans and conservatives. Um, we do care about our community. We are involved in our community. And this is kind of our first step in saying, look, you know, we're about business and about having some real conversations. And as I've been talking to Republicans and others, you know, just in the New England Northeast area, I've realized that we have not had the quality or caliber of speakers come to the area as we're bringing on October 11th. So it almost seems like, you know, Connecticut can kind of be this ground zero of, you know, an awakening in, in the Northeast. Because the Northeast, even just just outside of black Republicans, just Republicans and conservatives, the Northeast has not really been a player nationally. I mean, New Hampshire is because of who New Hampshire is, but I'm talking about just those who are on center-right. And um, so if we're going to do something, and if, if I just think the Northeast needs to come to the table, I think there's some things that um, we can bring to the conversation Um, And there's some things that, fortunately for us, you know, a lot of the Jim Crow laws, a lot of the slavery, a lot of the stain of that oppression has not happened on our ground, right? And so, I mean, if you're a spiritual person or even if you, you know, you kind of think about um, just looking at how things have played out, it doesn't mean that we didn't have slavery here. It doesn't mean that we didn't um, uh, have lynchings here. I'm just talking about the kind of oppression towards the community. 
And some people would say that, you know, that uh, racism here in the Northeast is worse than it is in the South, because at least in the South, mm-hmm. they would say you could see it, like it's clear, like it's there. Whereas over here, sometimes it can be very um, subversive. Um, but I think there are some things um, that the Northeast can bring to the nation. And um, I want Connecticut to be ground zero. And I think there are some people who feel the same way. I think this is, uh, I like that too, by the way, but I, I think you have yourself uh, a, a nice event going on here. I, I think this forum will be something that will spark some interest right there in Connecticut. I, I really believe. Uh, I've been to many of these forums. I've spoken to many of these forums, definitely participated in many of these forums across the nation. And they always seem to spark some interest from people in, in, in surrounding areas but you know what? What I found is that where it will pique the interest, uh, people seem to fall to the wayside uh, uh, soon thereafter. You know what I mean, Regina? And and I, and I think mm-hmm. uh, if if anything, and I, and I guess this is on my heart to say to you, uh, if anything, uh, please uh, find a way to get some help because you're out here rocking. And, and find a way to get some help from some of these individuals who who who, who are interested in what's going on, uh, so that you know we, I include myself, so that we can follow up with these folks and keep them enthused about what's going on and and, and keep them versed about you know the things that are happening and include them in things that you have going on uh, with your chapter of FDF and and other things that you have going on there because you know it, it, all of us to change this nation. And and as I told my brother, Lenny McAllister, Lenny McAllister too, by the way, B.I.G. in my book, you know, as I told him, and he disagrees with me, but I think, Regina, I think we'll die uh, trying to change this country for the better, trying to change the hearts, the minds, and the souls of people to understand what we're talking about and why we're so passionate on the issues that we're passionate about and why we care to pay attention. You know, I I think we're going to die spreading that message and, and leaving the foundation for those that's coming up behind us, you know, those that are coming after us. So that's why I uh, think it's so very important that forums like this are are, are talked about and, and are praised and, and, you know, advertised, if you will. So, you know, you have all the support from me in the world. You know, if I can do anything to uh, to help this event be a huge success, you, you definitely have me at your call. Thank you. Thank you very much, and um, I look forward to following up with you, letting you know, and we will be putting out a Facebook page, and we are going to videotape some of the events, so we'll have that up, and um, we'll come up, we'll have a Twitter handle and things like that so people can, um, a hashtag so people can tweet about it and a Facebook page so you can see pictures, so we'll we'll definitely make sure that we uh, keep the momentum going, but that is very important that it's not it's like October 11th is just the beginning. It's really not the end of anything. It's just the start. I love that, man. So, Regina, before we go, and, and we're going to close the show here in four minutes, but I will let it be dead air until you give a shout-out. We do shout-outs on the show, so you got to give somebody a shout-out on here. <laughs> Let's see. 
Well, to all my speakers, I mean, I've been talking to them, right? So Professor Nicholas Johnson, Sonny Johnson, Dean Nelson, Garland Hunt, Ken Blackwell, Richard Ivory. Um, Then to my Connecticut people, thank you so much for all your commitment and your help. Sweets Wilson, Cheryl Craddock, Lloyd Carter, Joe Borges, Robert Barr, Aaron Daniels. Oh, my gosh, now I miss them. Sonia Dean. Who else did I miss? I was, we were just sitting in the meeting yesterday and watching me forget somebody's name. I'm going like, to get in trouble. So everybody else in Connecticut, that's my blanket statement. <laughs> Shout out to you. <laughs> that's B.I.G. right there. Uh, Regina, right now, you are officially B.I.G. in our book. We thanks for you coming on the show. Much love to you, and uh, we wish you nothing but success. Excuse me, success on October 11th. Man, I can't talk right now. Thank you. Thank you, and I'll be back. I'll let you know what happened. All right, sounds good. We'll be following up with that. We'll definitely be following up with Regina. You have a good night, and God bless you. Uh, Folks, you know, Connecticut, man, this is where you want to be October 11th. You definitely want to be in the house. They're going to have some prolific speakers. They're going to have my baby sis, Sonny Johnson, going to be in the house. Don't forget my main man, Pastor Extraordinaire, FDF, head honcho, my brother himself, uh, Dean Nelson, will be in the house. And my homeboy, Wayne Dupree, shout out to you, Wayne. Shout out to all you guys, man. They will definitely be in the house. So you guys make sure you be there October 11th from 9 a.m. through 12 p.m. at the Mark Twain Museum in Hartford, Connecticut. Make sure you be in the house. Regina V. Roundtree, whom we just talked to, which is the founder of the Connecticut Black Republicans and Conservatives and president of the newfound Connecticut chapter of the Frederick Douglass Foundation, announced on 10-1 that Mr. Ken Blackwell, that's my brother too, man. Shout out to Ken Blackwell, who was a member of the board of directors of the NRA, uh, Professor Nicholas Johnson, author of Negroes and the Gun, along with my homeboy, man, it's all my people out here, Garland Hunt, Dean Nelson, my sis Sonny, and Wayne Dupree will all be panelists here in Hartford, Connecticut, so you guys make sure you're there. Mark Twain Museum, 9 through 12. Don't be late, man. You got to get there to get a seat. Before I go, before I go, I got to say something about this maniac right here. And I know... People will say this guy, he's a he's he's a he's a media genius and he's just doing this for publicity and all that. Listen, let me tell y'all something right now. As the president and founder of the Loving Father Society, I love being a black father. We do not condone. We highly speak against people like Kanye West and the rest of these out here who are grown men who somehow think that it's a fashion trend to dress like women to dress like females you don't have to agree with me you don't have to like it but I promise you there is nothing beneficial to society by people like Mr. Kanye West and Mr. Westbrook that plays for uh, 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 whatever team he plays for, 
And even my main man, oh my God, my main man, my homeboy from the Carolina Panthers themselves, my man, Mr. Cam Newton, Superman himself, we don't condone it. It's crazy. I don't know what these folks see. I know what's going on. See, in the past, there were designers that were males, that were men. Let's just call it like we call it. Again, you don't have to like it. I'm not hating anyone. I'm just speaking from the heart here as a man, as a father, you know, as a mentor, as as just a grown man in general, I'm, I'm speaking from the heart. Listen, in the 70s and the 80s, you know, fashion was at its high in entertainment. And people found the need to hire these designers. They found the need to hire these stylists. And, and, and you know, people travel with their own barbers. I'll include the 90s in there as well. People travel with their own barbers. And, and things of that nature. And and listen, I understand being well groomed. I understand being fresh to life. I call it fresh to life. I don't I don't give death any glory. I call it fresh to life. And uh, you know, I get it. I understand where all this is coming from. I know people like to stand out, especially people with money, right? And when it comes to fashion, I, I get all of that. But when I see a man who already has and, and this is regardless to the fact, but who already has the attention of the media, the attention of paparazzi, the attention of entertainment and and everything that surrounds that, like Kanye West, like Cam Newton, and, and, and some of these other individuals. And I like these people too, by the way. I, I like what they offer to their art and to their entertainment. I, I love what the, the lyrics that Kanye West put together uh, uh, his ability to uh, uh, make beats and, and, and rhymes, you know, I appreciate that. And I actually like that about him. I appreciate his ability. Um, Cam Newton, everybody in the world knows I'm the biggest Carolina Panther fan in the world. You know, next to, to Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, Ronnie Lott, that crew of the San Francisco 49ers comes all of my Carolina Panthers, biggest Carolina Panther, for, Panther fan in the world. My office is decorated in Carolina blue, all right, and, and that's Carolina UNC and Carolina. I've got banners on the wall and, and jerseys and, and, and all this stuff, and I got all this stuff, and, and, and this is my squad. But last week, I saw Cam Newton in a nice double-breasted jacket, throwback to the 80s. Shout out to my 80s folks out there. Nice double-breasted jacket. And some tights. Come on, son. Cam Newton, quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. Nice double-breasted jacket. And some tights. And some loafers with no socks. Cam Newton looked like my mama going out to the club in 82. I'm just going to put it out there. That's what he looked like. And right now, if you go up on uh, the Facebook page for KRP Radio, facebook.com slash KIRP Radio Show, all right? I'm not saying it fast. You listen slow. Uh, if you go there, there's a picture of Cam Newton in a sweater dress 
yes, folks, a sweater dress and what looks to be some shin or knee-high boots or Uggs, female, female shoes, female clothes. And he's looking so misplaced. He's looking so out of bounds. And I'm not even talking about his, his, his attire. I'm not talking about his clothes. But if you look in his face, he looks so empty. He looks so lost. He looks so gone, so soulless, so mindless. That's because he's got so these guys are so caught up in what these homosexual designers hold as being the it of fashion or the high of fashion that they've lost themselves in what they like and who they are. When I first saw Kanye West, he was jeans and a polo and a dope sweater and some boots or some dope shoes, some jeans and, 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 and a polo shirt, you know, and, and a hat with a book bag. But the book bag he started evolving as, as, as more as he got involved with these homosexual designers. He started, his, his whole persona, it just changed. The book bag went to a merch. The merch went to a purse. The purse went to a small female wallet-sized pocketbook or purse or whatever you want to call it. And if you look at the man today, he looks as though he's lost his whole identity. There's nothing positive to me, right, as a man, as a father with four boys, right, there's nothing positive from any man who wears his clothes hanging off one, hanging off, his, off of his ass, showing his underwear, all right? There's also nothing positive of any man wearing clothes representative as if he's a female. Thirdly, there's also nothing positive of role models or any man that wears clothes or garments or attire that is too tight on his body that shows his genitals or his private parts and exposes them to the world when you're fully clothed. See, there's nothing positive about these images and these men that are in entertainment today. Now, if you know anything about what's going on in the real world, if you pay attention to what's really happening out here in America and what's going on in maybe your household, okay, and what's going on in your children's school, right, and what's going on in your community center, in your mall, and what's walking down your street, what we're seeing is our children, not my children, okay, but the neighborhood's children that are reenacting what they see the entertainers and the celebrities do. Because this is just reality as far back as I have ever seen, as, or, or far back in any era or back to any time. Whether people believe it or not, and I hear a lot of conservatives talking otherwise, but that's bull crap. Listen, 
whether you like it or not, or whether I like it or not, what celebrities do, the things that we see in magazines, especially as children, and even as adults, because I see adults dressing the same way, but what we see through entertainment and television and magazine and media, what we see through these entities, we reenact. We copy. We want to do. We want to be like. We want to dress like. We want to act like. That's why everything that you see that entertainers do, your children want to do. And some of you want to do. So right now what we have is the homosexual men in fashion who have whom have always dominated that market but what we see now they've been given a plateau that has now mixed with straight men and made us made them say it's okay because see a lot of these young men they don't have fathers on their own they never had someone in their household to tell them no son you're not wearing that no, son, I'm not buying that for you. No, son, that doesn't look right. No, son, you can't do that in public. No, son, that, that's not proper for a man to do in society, period. Not even in his own home, but definitely not in public. So what we're seeing is, 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 is the homosexual men that dominate the fashion industry and the fashion world, okay, we're seeing them be mentors to these straight heterosexual entertainers, these straight and heterosexual athletes, and we're seeing them being dominated by those who dominate that fashion industry, and they're giving them a stamp of approval and saying, what you wear that I give you to wear is what's popping right now. What I'm giving you to wear is the next big thing. What I'm giving you to wear looks right now and the stuff that your father wore doesn't look right the stuff that your grandfather wore isn't popping no more the stuff that your male role models and maybe your coaches wore and the things that people wore before you or your predecessors in the same entertainment industry or the same uh, 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 athletic conference or or or, or, in, or in the same type of sport the things that they wore before you that ain't popping no more you ain't got to do that no more. So what we're going to do, we're going to wear these clothes. I'm going to give you something that's a little bit tighter because don't you want to show your muscles, right? We're going to get you this shirt that's a little bit tighter. We're going to give you these pants that's a little bit tighter. The girls like that. That's cool. See, they're not talking about another man's going to like you in this because you got to remember these guys are heterosexuals. See, it's understood that homosexual men dominate the fashion industry. It's, 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 it's understood. We know it. We know it to be true. We get it. We see it. We've always seen it. So that's already accepted. But see, no one realized there'd be a time when all these fatherless children would be the sports heroes of today, would be the entertainment stars of today. And nobody really thought about what would happen when these homosexual men, right, starts to steer these heterosexual boys who are very impressionable, 
and that and, and and no one talked about in the past. No one talked about what would happen and what society would look like when these young impressionable multimillionaire boys starts to listen. What we're seeing today in 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 this skinny jean era, in in in, in what I like to call men wearing females clothes era. See, what we're experiencing is exactly the failure of the family. See, what we're seeing is exactly what happens when a father is not in the household for a lifetime. See, it's not only crime that we have to worry about, okay? It's not only crime. It's not only uh, 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 criminal things, you know, that fathers being in a household or having both parents in a household uh, 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 prevent. Not only criminal things. See, this is a little bit different. Now, I'm not saying that some of these entertainers that wear these things don't have a mother and a father in their household or wasn't raised with a father. I'm not saying that because I'm sure to a large degree, a lot of these gentlemen had uh, uh, fathers or, or male role models in their lives. I understand that a lot of these, uh, especially these sports figures, I know that they had some sort of male role model. They played male sports because they had coaches. But when society's already painted a certain way, it doesn't matter what that individual tells them who's playing Papa, you know, or who's playing Dad. It doesn't matter what they tell them is right. See, when society already looks a certain way, well, us being consumers, you know, all of us who 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 maybe one time had a low self esteem, uh even people who have who have high self-esteem, you know, all of us to a certain degree in the world, period, we need someone to accredit us. We need someone to co-sign us. We all feel the need to be accepted. And this is the battle that we fight right now. This is the battle that we see right now. This is what I see Outside of me laughing about what Kanye West is wearing, all right? Outside of me laughing about what these NBA players and the NFL players are wearing free game, the D-Wades and LeBron Jameses, you know, and, 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 and the Cam Newtons and all these guys. Outside of me laughing about or complaining about what they wear, the most horrible thing is that our children are looking at that and the children that don't have a father to say, you know what, that doesn't look right. Or what they're wearing is not what they're wearing is not cool. Or even if the father don't say anything, you know, for the children that don't have anybody to look at and and, and just grab the, the way that they act and the way that they dress, for those children, it's gonna be more than the ones who do have those role models in their household or those images to look at and say to themselves without anyone telling them that this is okay. So when the bad outweighs the good and the good goes out amongst the bad, 
and societies agreeing with the bad, the good loses. Even if for a short time, the good loses themselves. And if there aren't any seeds planted in there, the good will lose itself forever. That's my time, man. Thank you guys for listening to the KRP Radio Show. Remember, communication is the key, man. We definitely doing this thing, B.I.G. Shout out to Regina for coming on the show. Regina Roundtree, Virginia V. Roundtree, uh, Connecticut, uh, Frederick Douglass Foundation. Remember to check their forum out. Uh, I'm 9 a.m. through 12 p.m. Shout out to my sister, Sonny Johnson, man, who's going to be there. And I know she's going to hold it down. Shout out to my brother, Dean Nelson, my big brother, Dean. Shout out to Wayne Dupree, Garland, and a host of all those others. My brother, Ken, also. Uh, rest in peace to your brother, your brother Ken, and, and my condolences goes out to you. And uh, shout out to everybody out there who are listening to the show, man. Remember, men should dress like men. Women should dress like women. Men should never dress like women. And uh, communication is the key to all things. If you're not talking to somebody by first saying hello and goodbye or hello my name is, you can never, ever, ever get your point across about anything that you're trying to talk about because they're not going to hear it if you didn't first speak to them. It is what it is. That's just how it goes. Shout out to everybody out there from the Love and Father Society. I love being a black father. Folks, get your I love being a black father shirts on uh, www.336promotions.bigcartel.com. Again, that's www.336promotions.bigcartel.com. Get your uh, KRP Radio shirts. They're out there, too. By long on to Facebook.com backslash KRP Radio Show. My time is over, folks. Remember, you are B.I.G. in my book. And also, if you don't remember any of the other stuff I just told you, remember that God is love. Love is God. Love somebody like you love yourself, and your job will be fulfilled. All right? We are out of here. One love. Got to go. See you guys next week. Real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real gon' recognize, real, real. Only gon' recognize, still, still. I reckon I will. Like we always do with this time. I go for mine, I get the shine. Now throw your hands.